Thanks very much for joining us. Um, you're on the Ever Black podcast. Um, so I'm James. I've um, I've actually been really quite excited to uh, see that you guys are finally coming back out after ten years. It's been um, yes, been quite a while, and um, also quite a while between albums as well. Yeah, um, you know, typical Orange Goblin fashion. Everything takes takes time. Um, obviously, last time we was in Australia was part of the Soundwave Festival in 2013, and as an amazing experience as that was, we didn't really feel like we connected solely with our Goblin fan base. It was, you know, they're huge festivals and there's thousands of people there down day, and it's just a kind of a whirlwind trip where you're kind of in and out of each city yeah. before you know it. And um, you know, although this 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 time we're going to be in and out. Um, at least we're going to be sort of at venues where we can meet the fans. We can we can perform to primarily an Orange Goblin fan base and and be up close and personal. So um, we're really excited about this tour, and uh, um, it's 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 going to be great to come back armed with some new material as well. Um, new albums all in the can. It's all mastered and been delivered to the label. We had a really positive meeting yesterday regarding a timeline for announcing it, releasing it, when singles are going to drop, all that sort of thing. So over the next few months, there's, uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be back at that. Obviously, as you said, it's been six years since the last album. Yeah. And, and a hell of a lot has happened in those six years. You know, yeah. we obviously we had the world closed down due to <laughs> COVID which was a bit of a blow to us because it scuppered our plans for a 25th anniversary tour. Um, but, um, you know, we lost our bass player, Martin, who decided yeah. that he'd uh, had enough and we respected his decision and we recruited Harry in his play. Um, and it was a little bit of a blessing because it gave Harry a chance to sort of get up to speed with learning the songs yeah. and, becoming part of the uh the orange goblin machine and you know when we did start doing shows again when everything reopened in 2021 harry hit the ground running and you know we we spent 21 22 kind of catching up with live yeah. um obligations of stuff that we'd had planned um that got cancelled due to covid and and then oops there looks like uh, we lost you. Really refreshing to have with a with a label. Um, you know, it's a huge honor for us to be a part of the Peaceville roster. We grew up listening to artists on on that label as kids, like Dark Throne and Autopsy yeah. and Paradise Lost. You know, all those Northern Doom bands from the UK, My Dying Bride and Anathema yeah. is. You know, we were huge fans of those guys when we first started out, and and now to be part of that family, it's it's great. And as I say, the meeting yesterday was was really positive, and I think people are going to really really enjoy this new album. There's it's it's you know an Orange Goblin album at its core, but there's there's elements to it that maybe people wouldn't expect. But it sounds fantastic. Like yeah. audio wise, you know, we worked with a producer called Mike Exeter who's 
cut his teeth really working with Tony Iommi and he did Heaven and Hell, he did Dio, he's done... You can't uh, get much more doom than that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, we, we we did sort of kind of push the, the option of trying to get Tony to play on the album, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Would that but, not have been the most awesome thing ever? The yeah, <laughs> we had we had Phil Campbell from Motorhead on the last one, I and know. we thought how could we that and we was like, well, maybe Tony Iommi could do this one, but that's it about it the only way you can talk Phil. I think, exactly. unless of course you, I don't know, you you, you dig someone up who's passed. That's about the only yeah. way you can do it is getting Tony on that. But, yeah, uh, but exactly. look, I mean, you guys have been going for thirty years now, and at a at your core, there's still the three of you who started the band, still part of the band, and like you said, Martin's only just left. How on yeah. earth do you manage to hold it? Have you managed to hold it together for that long when so many bands, your vintage and you know, in an underground music scene, not being able to sort of maintain and keep being able to do what you do and do what you do with love? Well, we we're very tolerant people. I think we have to be. <laughs> totally. But you know, we don't really see each other a great deal outside of the band. Chris lives down in Brighton. Joe's the other side of London. Harry's down in Hampshire. Yeah. I actually closest to Martin. Martin's only like two minutes around the corner. So I see him on quite a regular basis. Yeah, it might be but, your uh, problem there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, me and Martin have, have been old friends. We were friends prior to the band anyway. Yeah. We used to play football together. But the, the, the main thing is that we still enjoy it. We still love doing it you know we all have to work part-time not part-time we have work full-time jobs mm-hmm. and we have families and wives and things like that so orange goblin is still our release valve it's still mm-hmm. our creative outlet and it's how we get our frustration you know some people like to go to football weekends and drink and fight and what have you and, and for us is we like to get together in a room and create music or go to you know, faraway places and, and meet new people, experience new cultures. And, you know, I feel, you know, we say it's 30 years of doing this, but I feel incredibly blessed to have been doing this for 30 yeah. years. Because I've been able, I've, tra- I've travelled the world. I've, I've been to places that I'd never imagined I'd yeah. got the chance to visit. And yeah. all, the, all the time I've been doing it with, you know, a close bunch of friends yeah. and doing something I love. So, so it's not, we've always said that, as long as we enjoy doing it, we'll continue. And the day it becomes like a chore and we're not finding any fun in it anymore, then we'll call it a day. But that day hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, excellent. That's excellent to hear. Look, I mean, I first came across you guys on a Metal Hammer CD back in, it would have been something like 98 or something like that. It was uh, The Man Who Invented Time uh, on that CD. And, um, I mean, that was such a really good gateway for us here in Australia before the internet to be able to get a hold of new music and discover stuff that we would never ever get to discover. And I've been a fan ever since. I was really lucky that um, when I, I moved to the UK in 2006 and just so happened uh, that within a week of me being there was your Christmas uh, show at the Mean Fiddler with the Grand Magus and I believe it was Murder One was opening. That was- Yeah, I remember downstairs in the old Astoria. That's right. Yeah, it's no longer there. I, I believe it's. There's, no, they, have they finished that station? Yeah, they've just about finished it. You'd, you'd hardly recognise the place now. It's 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 like this huge complex. There's hotels and what, sort of sad is that installations. Yeah, it's you know the whole of London it seems to be going that way, and especially somewhere as culturally important as Soho. Yeah. Which which you know, used to be the home to the Marquee Club and yeah. things like that. Where where all bands 
that are worth anything. Cut the teeth, the likes of Hendrix and the Who and even the Beatles and the Stones all played there, and it was it's somewhere that should have been preserved. And and unfortunately yeah. now it's a weather balloons. <laughs> Of course it is. Of course it is. And, you know, it happens everywhere. It happens all around the world. I've seen it here in Australia many, many times. But look, you know, I was, I was saying before, you you guys were on that Metal Hammer CD and Metal Hammer really, have, or, well, in those days, were really giving you guys a lot of airtime. Have you found that things have changed in how your 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 stuff gets out there and how has it actually affected you guys, given that it's, you know, it's not your full-time job. It's your thing you love doing. Yeah, I guess I understand. It? I understand what your point is. It's it's kind of it's it's almost frustrating in a way that you know we came out in a time where there was no internet, there was no band camp, there were no sort of mm. um, Spotify's and the likes, and we cut our teeth, you know, the old fashioned way. We we had to go and record a demo, like actually go and record it. We couldn't do it in a bedroom and mm. use garage band or something like mm. that. We um we had to all get in a room and, and put things to tape and stuff like that. And then we used to have to go out to shows and hand out flyers and trade cassettes and that mm -hmm. sort of thing and do everything, you know, the old-fashioned way. And, and nowadays, you know, I know it's beneficial for artists, but I think a lot of that connection is lost because bands can easily just throw up an album on the internet and they can their own tours and things like that and and there's no real sort of groundwork being done that's going to establish them it's like you know when when we came out we we established lifelong friendships with people because we was all in the same boat we was all going to these small venues going to shows and you know, we all had each other's back and helping each other out and, and doing you know fanzines and the likes and, and those sort of things have, have been kind of forgotten now and mm. and it's, it's almost like a faceless industry now where where no one really knows each other and it's 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 seems to be over um uh, overly populated if anything mm. you know there are there are a few diamonds in the rough and you do get bands that rise to prominence but i do think a lot of bands have it easy nowadays and and mm. you see that with their expectation i mean i work as a booking agent and I get a lot of submissions from artists that expect the world. And, yeah. and you're like, have you have you spent three weeks driving up and down the back of the UK, you know, in the back of a transit van with no windows and having to sleep rough in the streets and or sleep on the on the mm. gear in the back of the van? And and they they have no idea. They're like, no, we, we expect hotels and we expect this and we expect that. And it's like, this this isn't how it works. You have to go out there and you have to earn. You have to you have to start at the bottom and work your way up. And you I think a lot of huffing your drummer's socks for a week. <laughs> exactly. We've done that. We've done, I mean, I remember we did a show at the Oval Rock House in Norwich in back in about 95, oh, where we turned up. There was there was no rider. There was about three people turned up at the show. And at the end of the night, we was like, is there anywhere we can crash? And we ended up staying in this burnt out caravan next to the venue with no windows. Jesus. Sort of huddled into one corner trying to put like the one blanket we had over all of us. And it's just like those things those things give you character as a band and they 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 kind of form the bonds that you need to have longevity mm. which which i think helped us and has, has shaped us and that's why you know we don't take anything for granted we're still humble there's no airs and graces about orange goblin because we come from that generation where we we did have it tough and we now mm. appreciate that we can travel to Australia and New Zealand and Japan and places like that. And we, we have a fan base there because we've, we've kind of built it up over that 30 year period. Yeah. 
that's awesome but it's yeah it's it's one of those things isn't it it's not if you've not been in it you don't really understand but i mean you're also talking about moving in with peaceville now as your record label yeah. how do you see that different as to when you were say you were signed to candlelight back in the day when even candlelight could have a promotions department and stuff like that do peaceville still have that ability to have the yeah. have the people behind it that they used to or is that sort of petered away a bit as well Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's a massive organisation, and and the the meeting we had yesterday sort of opened my eyes to just how big an operation this is. Really? Because you know, I'm I'm still a little bit naive to the nuances of an album marketing campaign mm. and that sort of thing. It's been it's not something I've really sort of bothered myself with over the years. As I've got older, I've kind of taken more interest in the ind industry side of things, mm. and I now have to obviously being a booking agent. I worked in management for ten years, but. You know, yesterday at Peacefield, there was all sorts of, we had this Zoom call and there's different people in Windows and you've got the press team there, you've got the wow. production team there, we've got, and, and they're discussing sort of the, the bundling and the, the merch options that are going to go with it and the distribution in different markets and territories. It's 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 a huge, um, really professional setup and we're really excited because I think we're all pulling in the same direction and they, 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 they say, you know, you've got 30 years of history, you've got 150,000 followers on Facebook, and that is something we can really work with and mm. push Orange to the next level. And, you know, we, we've always said, we're kind of frustrated that we've never really broken through to that next level. Mm. Um, we're always told we're kind of one of these underrated bands and things, and, and that's nice to hear, but it's also frustrating to be considered underrated. So we feel now that we've got a record label that understand us and will help push us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're looking for a chart success with this album. We're, yeah. we're not going to lie about it. We want, to, we want to break the top 30, top 40, because we've seen it happen here in the UK in recent years with with rock and metal bands. You know, Green Lung have just released a new album that went, went really well. And nice. we've got some, uh, like number one rock album and top 40 album in the, in the main charts. And, and I think... You know, it's it's good to see honest guitar riff driven music having its say because there's we you know you and I know there's so much shit in the world that mm -hmm. comes and goes and it's a flash in the pan for five minutes. It's the latest fad, but no one's going to be buying those albums in thirty or forty years no, the no. same way. People people are still going out and buying the first Black Sabbath album. People are still going to be buying Dark Side of the Moon and Led Zeppelin two and. And you know all those classic albums will will live on, and that's yeah. that's what we want to establish a kind of legacy that's ongoing. And you've certainly got that over thirty years and some fantastic albums. I can't wait for you guys to get out here. Now I know we only had about fifteen minutes, um, but I have some friends who consider themselves minor comedians. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them wanted to know who would win in a fight between you guys, Electric Wizard, and how pissed would Cathedral be that they weren't invited. Oh, well, I mean, I've been at the gym for the past year or so, so it'd definitely be us. <laughs> I wouldn't even need the others. <laughs> no, no. And how pissed would Cathedral be for not being there? Very. I, I, I think they'd just let us get on with it. They'd be quite pleased to be out of it. <laughs> awesome. Look, mate, um, thank you so much for your time. As I say, I know we only had 15 minutes um you're here in april um can't wait to see you in brisbane you're playing at the zoo it's one of my favorite venues here in brizzy uh they finally awesome. put air conditioning in it which uh is 
That's good. You have no idea in the middle of winter. I've, it's not winter. I mean, we don't have winter in Brisbane, but yeah. even in the middle of winter, I've been so hot in that venue before they put air conditioning in it that I'd be yeah. hanging out the windows just trying to get a fresh breeze. But uh, <laughs> in summer, it's just completely insufferable. So yeah, it's been with like 40 degrees down there recently, right? Oh, that's not just it, mate. We're in Brisbane. We've had the muggiest summer I've ever experienced here where everything sticks to everything else and everyone's just dripping in awful all the time. That's that's no no sort of conditions for an Englishman. (laughs) No, no. Although I do know a bunch of Englishmen out here who insisted on going out and doing their mowing in the middle of it. What did they say about mad dogs and Englishmen? Yeah, exactly. Well... (laughs) We'll be coming down with our speedos for on stage. <laughs> that that would no, no. <laughs> Look, mate, I'm looking forward to catching you guys. Um, I'll be kicking around the place, yeah. and um, if you're available, I'll take you out for a few beers. Absolutely. Well, I don't drink anymore. Two years sober now, but we're definitely going to have a have a drink of some kind. <laughs> Swim in a ocean. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But just to, just to hang out would be cool. Absolutely, Ben. Thank you very much for your time. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Take care.